previously on Masks and Mayhem. Ramos, as always, is trying to keep a stern face. This is a small, unclaimed island off the coast of Australia. We had a contact in the Australian government reach out to us, and he noted some unusual shipments going in and out and sent us the info, and we were able to get a brief satellite image of this area. We had to reconfigure a number of times to get anything. Uh, There appears to be some kind of communications blackout in the area. Based on some of the shipping information he was able to glean, we have reason to believe this involves biological weapons. Oh no. Oh shit. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to escort Dr. Matthews to the island, get us a readout on the area, and if there are any weapons, to discover them and attempt to neutralize them. And the missile starts like spinning wildly. It comes in your direction still, but then explodes. Oh, but we don't take any damage or anything. The vulture shudders afterwards, and Gemini says, Good work, Yardak, but we're still going to need to kick off. I think I'm I think I'm going to have to give it a good water landing. In order to get you guys off, uh, Gemini pulls up really quickly, and you guys kind of just slide out the back. You all swim underneath, and you come up. Sloane kind of gasps for air a little bit. <sighs> Weakling. And he also has something chained to him? As you step in and you feel a slight chill and you see the racks of servers, the door behind you closes and you hear it close again and and lock. And there's a terminal in front of you. Talking to Sloan, I was like, can you hack that? Okay, so, you can see your breath in the cold air of the server room. Dr. Matthews moves to one of the terminals and inserts his USB disc. Wait, what? What? Did you say USB disc? That is what he said. I was like, that sounds... Fine, US... Flash drive. Fine. It's called flash drive, RC. USB drive is still correct as well. Okay, old man. It has a million names for that. Like, remember, remember when you put the, like, a memory stick? You can see your breath in the cool air of the server room. Dr. Matthews moves to one of the terminals to insert his USB drive. All right, so I'm going to have you all do a team check for technology. Technology skill. Ooh, okay. Ooh, I like this die. Thank you. Babe. Coming out strong with these rolls. Let's now let's see what my... Oh, okay. 24. Hell yeah. Oh, I have a lot of technology because that was one of like my things. So I have 21. I, overall, it was 21, too. All right. Matthews is like, all right, all right, cool, cool. Uh, All right, wow. Uh, This is surprisingly easy. I think I got straight on into their system. Uh, Give me a couple moments uh, while I see what all I can gather. And throughout the room, like, when you look around, like, there's definitely some, like, cooling vents above you, like, you know, pumping cold air onto the servers. You see a bunch of server racks. Uh, and there is another open terminal computer, like, blinking. Is there anything on it? 
I mean, it's turned on, but like you, you're not close enough to like really examine it. You can just see that it's an on computer. Well, I want to go over there and jiggle the mouse or something. <laughs> see if anything pops up. I mean, when you jiggle the mouse, you can see that the computer is on. Uh, oddly, it's already logged into someone's account. Ooh, somebody's going to get fired. Uh, what do you do? I'm going to see what I can find out. I'm going to... Will that be an investigator or a technology? Or... Hacker voice. I'm going to have you do another technology check for that. Uh, okay. Not nat 20. Yeah, as you're digging through, one thing that you notice comes right up when you try to pull up like some files and stuff. Uh, all of it is labeled Black Crystal, and it has that logo that you saw uh, as a tattoo on Adrian Hughes and on the dealer guy who brought the drugs to the Blue Cross gang. And didn't you say that it's uh, red and black, the tattoo? Correct. So, so um, you have, like, red crystal and black crystal now. That's exactly what I was thinking. The logo itself is, like, a diamond shape cut in half, half black, half red. So it's a red and black plumbob. Yes, a red and black plumbob. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you're able to get right into the system, though, and while you don't find anything that directly references Tristan Wagner, you do, after a little bit of investigation, find those same files you had found when you investigated his office. Okay. Like, you don't understand it, but you recognize a lot of the same chemical breakdowns, references to superpowers and stuff. So again, like, you're not a chemical expert, but you recognize the same things that you saw previously. Is the doctor we brought along with us a chemical expert? Presumably, but he's currently busy typing away. Okay, well, when he's done with that... Can I take these files and put them onto the USB disk? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not your USB disk, and it is in use, but you could, uh, I mean, you could ask... Unless you just want to yank it, out, yank it out of Sloane's computer and just say nerd. No, you have to eject safely. Always practice safe ejection. Oh my god. Wait, what was Sloane doing again? He was hacking a different terminal. And he looks towards you guys. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I was able to get into their main security system, uh, access some cameras. And he shows you like on the terminal, like you can see some guards standing around. Uh, and you can see... Uh, like, there's, like, a cafeteria area. Like, there's just a bunch of different areas. Now, the one that is blacked out, though, is, um, is, like, a section label laboratory. Like, it says, like, access denied. Um, but he clicks a few other things, and he's able to pull up a map of the facility. I would think where they're trying to, like, not let us see it, that's where we need to go. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think you got a point. I mean, we're... You know, that's that's the mission, right? Like, that's where I'm, we're trying to get to. All of the best stuff is always in the restricted section. Ruby is going to take out her phone and take a snapshot of the map while they have it up. And it's going to be like, just so we have, picture, we have a picture of the map. Okay, so yeah, so now you'll have access to it uh, after you leave this room. Yeah. Uh, so Sloane gets back on and he's typing a little bit more. Oh, hey, I think I got... Alright, this might be written in some kind of code, but I'll say this might be what they're working on over there. I'm gonna save this onto my drive and see what I can you know, we'll we'll keep that for we'll keep that for safekeeping. Save it onto your disc. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not letting it go. <laughs> he ejects the disc out of the computer. Safely. Good job. Safely he safely ejects. Hey Sloan, now that you're done there, can you bring your <laughs> Hold on, I'm making myself laugh. <laughs> Can you bring a, a USB disk? 
Uh, hey, Slow, now that you're done with that computer, can you come over here and get the data from here onto your disk as well? That way we can bring it back to headquarters. Sure, sure. Uh, and he walks over and starts uh, transferring some files over. And is there any way, can I, like, have him, like, take a look around the computer? Or would it be the same stuff he had seen on the other one? He kind of already accessed a lot of that same stuff. Like, he didn't, he wasn't looking for this file, so he didn't find that. The stuff that you told him to copy over. But, like, yeah, he had already kind of, like, given everything at once over. Oh, okay. The door to the hallway to 15 is, like, a big open area. So, like, you can see right into that hallway. It's definitely a closed door at the end of it. But, like, you can, currently it's, like, an open doorway. But then, yeah, I guess if we're done in here, let's uh, head to room 15, guys. All right. As he begins to eject the disc from the second computer over there, suddenly the main lights go out in the room you're in. Bum, bum, bum. And red, like, emergency lights begin blinking, and you hear, like, a klaxon alarm, like, Uh, that can't be good. <laughs> and uh, Sloan looks to you, uh, Myra. All right, boss lady, uh... Got, uh, got any ideas? Let's go to the next room, the security office. Mike. Sloan looks over Ruby's shoulder and is like, all right, so we're going to take the long way around to get to the lab? Well, there was people, which is why we came this way. I guess so, because we can't really go back the way we came. As you're deciding this, you to go through that doorway, and all of a sudden you hear a tss. Myra, you're the only one who notices this in time, but a blast door, like a large, thick door, is starting to come down from the ceiling because of, like, your fast reaction speeds and how you, like, view the world. Yeah. You're the only one who notices as it starts coming down. Can I, like, push everyone out, like, through it before it comes down? I don't know if there's enough time right now to do that, like, for you to get everyone through. Okay, so then I guess, I guess this is a mission for just me. Um, so, so what are you trying to do then? I want to get through. Because if, if not everyone can make it through, at least I can. So wait, you're going to try and go through the door before it closes? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Because, like, the other option would be to try to, like, get underneath it. To, like, hold it up? Yeah. I'm not, I'm fast. I don't know if I'm strong. Otherwise you'd be splitting the party. Just because you had mentioned before in the last game you guys didn't want to do that. Right. I didn't want to split the party, but if I'm the only one who can go fast enough and i can't bring everyone then but is isn't the other way the isn't the other way the faster way anyways it is but like remember you did see guards coming from the other direction the last time when you were, that's why you ducked into this space to begin with i'll put them in boxes it's fine if okay if i'm the only one who noticed the door coming down would i be able to be like cuz i'm assuming yardak is strong would i be able to like tell him to like again if you tried to stop it yourself you might be able to like get him to help you in time but yeah, because like it's not—it's like you wouldn't be able to like make me react as quick as you could react, because it's like calming down. Right, right. Okay, let's let's try the holding it up thing. So I'm gonna run and do that. Okay. So first, you need to make a speed check to see if you get to it in time, and roll and add your quickness, which is under your super speed. Okay, that is twenty total. All right, you are able to get over to the thing in time, and by the time you get there, like, we're talking, like, a like an eight-foot-tall doorway, like, a fairly, like, taller-than-you doorway. Uh, so by the time you get down to it, it's come down, like, a foot or so. So now you're going to roll a strength check to try and hold it up. <sighs> come on. Hi, number, please. Um, I'm going to do that hero point reroll thing. 
You're gonna use your hero point. Right. Okay. Okay. So. Wait. What did you get? You didn't. You didn't. Before we say that you've used it. Twelve. No. No. You pat. That passes. Oh, that passes. Yeah. You don't have to use your hero point. You passed. I'll save it for a worse roll. Now again, this is all happening almost in like the blink of an eye to everyone else. You are sitting there struggling, basically like, well, actually, you tell me like what pose you're doing to hold this door up. My legs are out as if I if I had to squat, it would be comfortable. And then my hands are up over, not over my shoulders, but next to my shoulders behind my head and my head is down. And that's where the door would is like behind my head. And it's coming down, and it's really straining, and it's, like, hurting. Like, you know, you're able to hold it, but you don't know for how long. So what do you do next? Hey, Yardak, uh, a little help here? Okay, do I notice that she's doing all this, or is her telling me, like, the first time that I see Like, how quickly did it actually happen? Right, like, again, blink of an eye, you see suddenly that Myra is underneath this door holding it up. So I zip it, well, not zip, she zips. Uh, I run over as fast as I can, and, like, immediately put my hands underneath of it and try to help her push it up. Okay, roll another strength check for me. Ew. Um, <laughs> and that's a nine. Okay, the combined power of the two of you is able to hold it up. Bless. And then, so, like, what do you do next? I have something I would like to do. I would like to try and make, like, a stone column holding it up. Yeah, like a reinforcement to help them. Uh, roll a creation check for me. Yeah. But what the DM says to God, roll a creation check for me. I rolled an 18, um, and my creation is... Rant 4. Okay, um, so right now, like, so do me a quick favor, uh, Myra and Yardak. Tell me, like, how you're positioned. So there's two of you now underneath this door. Uh, so, like, Myra, you were squatting, like, were you squatting widthways, or, like, how did you guys move to maneuver so both of you were in it? Oh, I was, like, parallel to the door. Um, so, like, when I was by myself, I was kind of, I was in the right, like, my, my feet were in the same directions as the door would be, like, I wasn't. Okay, gotcha. And then what did you do when Yardak came over? I scooted over, so I didn't change my position, I just moved a little bit to make room. Okay, so, Ruby, before you make these, do you give them any kind of heads up, or how, where are you trying to form this around them, then? And I said, I'm, I'm going to try and re- reinforce it with, like, a stone column, guys. And then and then I make it. And then I make it. <laughs> Alright, so you guys, like, shift out of the way, yeah. and the two and two stone columns form, like, just where your shoulders just, and hands just were. And you can hear it, again, the mechanical whirring straining, but it's holding. Okay, well, let's get through this thing quickly, then. Okay. Who goes what order are we talk- talking? Oh, is it does it have to be single file? I mean, yeah, I don't think there's enough space for all of you to move, like, at once. So while you two are holding it, Sloane and I should, like, go through. Sloane yeah. kind of ducks and runs, like, kind of, uh, like, almost leaning forward Shaggy style. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, no, I guess I guess Shaggy leans back, so. No, he runs through Inuasha style. Arms out behind him, Naruto style. I, I run through it with, like, a normal person. So now uh, Ruby and Sloane are on the other side. Yarda, go ahead, because I, c- I can always rush. Yeah, and she has super speed, so I'm gonna go quick through. And as Yardak's going through, you start to notice the stone is cracking, and it's, like, pushing down more and more. Myra, hurry! Okay, then I literally, like, I'm out. 
All right. So as you get through, right as you get through, Myra, you like hear the you hear the mechanical word go really really hard, and it just cracks, and the stone column just starts shattering like downward, uh, and it gets to the bottom, and there's like a little like couple inches left that are that are holding it up, but otherwise, like it has gone to the bottom. Okay. Well, good thing we made it through that. Okay. Before we leave, I'm going to like try and take the stone column away because maybe they wouldn't notice this was happening. But if it goes the whole way down, we're not going to be able to lift it back up if we come through. Like, if we need to come back this way. Do we think we'll be able to lift this up at all? No, but if that's holding and there's, like, that space there, we can lift it again. Like, if we had, like, a couple inches, then we could at least stick some fingers. Yeah, we could at least get our hands underneath of it. Okay, then I guess I'll keep it. Okay. But I know, like, stealth is also important, so do we think... Yeah, that's, I was thinking, like, stealth, but we don't want them to know we were in there. Yeah, it's more important, I suppose. I mean, the stone that I made is what's keeping it up, though. No, but you can't get rid of partial things of it? I think if I got rid of part of it, it would probably just crash through the rest of it anyways. Actually, yeah, we sh- we should get rid of it. Okay. And for the stealth aspect of it, I think is going to yeah. far outweigh us potentially having to come back this way. Okay, then I'm going to be like, should I get rid of the stone? We're trying to be stealthy. Like, we don't want them to know that we were in there. Probably a good idea. Yeah, I'd say it it outweighs us. We don't know if we're going to have to come back this way at all. So, you know, it's better to not leave any breadcrumbs behind us if we can help it. I'm impressed Yardak knows that, like, phrase. Huh? I'm, (laughs) I'm impressed Yardak knows, like, breadcrumbs as, like, a phrase. Don't feed the water animals. <laughs> or don't feed them bread. That's bad for them. I always thought the bread comes more like saying we came from Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, but I was also just saying don't don't feed the water animals breadcrumbs as it hurts them. Okay, so you are getting rid of it? Yeah. Yeah, moving forward. Okay, so Ruby, when you go and you remove the stone, it slams down for those last couple inches, uh, and you do notice that, like, because of the stone that was pressing back up on it, there are, like, crinkles and stuff along the bottom of the door. Maybe we shouldn't have removed that. It seems a little less noticeable than, why are there just randomly stone pillars that weren't here before? So what do you do next? I guess go to room 15. We have nowhere to go but forward. As you're making your way down the hall, you do hear a voice be like, hello? I said nothing. I try to be stealthy. Damn. What can we do? Can you make us invisible, Ruby? I can try, but it's not easy. Wait, hold on. Game Master. Yes. Do we know where the sound is coming from? Is it coming from the security room? Uh, yeah, yeah. Keep in mind, there is a closed door ahead of you. Is there, there's no window in it, is there? There's no window or anything that can see through it. You just heard a voice from the other side go, hello. Oh, okay. So yeah, we're totally gonna not answer that. It is a lit hallway. I was, I was gonna say that I think Ruby should put an illusion just in front of the door that makes it look like the hallway's empty. Okay. Ruby, roll me an illusion check. Yeah, I definitely do that. I rolled an 18 again. And my illusion is... Rank three. Okay, so yeah, give me the, uh, give me like kind of the motions you're trying to do to form this illusion. Okay, I, um. And keep in mind, something like this is more straining for Ruby, like, because you're basically trying to like fake reality. Oh, I'm guessing it'll only be for a couple seconds, because I'm I'm guessing this person heard something, they're going to check outside the door, and then 
So I, I put my hands up and I'm trying I'm concentrating on it a lot because I know this is a pretty big illusion. I make it so it's just a hallway that's um empty and I like instead of the hallway just looking empty, what if it looks mostly empty but there's something by the door that we just left? Like like a light or something that whoever's in the security room is gonna wanna go and investigate. But they would have to go by us then. Okay, yeah. I have actually. What I'd like to do is do that and then make a sound like further in the room to surprise them. Further into the security room or into the room you just came from. Well, I don't. I don't think I'd be able to hold up the illusion if you walked right by us. Yeah, because what I'm thinking is that they will open the door to to investigate the sound that they originally heard, but then go back into the security room and close the door, and that's where we're trying to go, so I was trying to figure out a sneaky way to, to go there. I am going to try and make it sound like the sound is coming from, like, the hallway we haven't gone through, like, past the security room. Oh, okay. So they'll go that way, and then we can maybe Smart. sneak into the security room. I know we'll okay. close them a little bit, we have to do it again, but... How close are you all to the door right now, to the, like, actual security office door? I think I'm, like, where I'm at. Like, we're not... Yeah, we're, like, halfway. And where I'm at doesn't really matter, does it? Not as much. Um, okay, so you're about halfway down this hallway, and you're making the, what, this illusion right in front of you, basically? The visual illusion? Yeah. Uh, so basically just try to make it look like we're not there, and while I'm doing that, I'm also making some kind of noise, like something crashing in the hallway that's further... Like, into the security room, so he'll, like, try to go that way. Yes. Hold on. I have a thing. Because uh, the reason that the illusion is supposed to be brought up is because we're assuming that, like, the person who just said hello is going to come this way and open the door, right? So the sound, the sound doesn't have to be made until after he checks. Yeah, okay. So I can make it. Okay, so you just do the visual illusion to start? Okay, so after you form that illusion and, and you're, you know, you got your hands up and you're keeping it going, uh, the door, uh, you hear a button being pressed and the door slides to the side and there's a guy. We're all very quiet. <laughs> and there's a guy, he's holding like a, like, a, like a rifle and he's got like a helmet on and like black tactical gear and a big, like it's got like a big visor on it and he kind of just like leans his head in a little bit and you notice that he's like really close to like the edge of the illusion. Okay, so while he's that close... Yeah, now's the time. That's when I make the other illusion. I'm almost imagining you, like, throwing, like, a baseball. Like, that kind of motion. Just gonna chuck some sound. Like, one hand here holding this illusion, and the other hand, like... Yeah. <laughs> throwing, like, a grenade in that direction. <laughs> Maybe I was trying to make a joke, like, no, it's actually, like, a bowling motion. Yeah, no, I, I prefer the bowling motion. <laughs> you know what? Ruby bowls. That's what it is. Like, she does, like, a bowling... She, you know, she can throw it anywhere, but she does kind of, like, a bowling motion and makes it sound like... You know what? It sounds like a bowling ball. Okay, that's fine. Wait, wait, wait. Side note, does Ruby actually bowl? Does Ruby like bowling? You know what? Ruby likes bowling. Maybe she's like Rachel and is, and is like, enjoys it, but is very bad at it. Okay, so you're holding up the one illusion, and the guy opens the door, he leans in, and then you bowl this, uh, sound away. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like a bowling ball? Um... Well, it's sound, like, in my head, like, that's the sound, it's the sound of a bowling ball hitting a bunch of pins. Like, that's the kind of commotion. Oh, okay. Is the sound, does the sound, 
how do I put this? Does the sound only come from the other direction or does it like roll? Only comes from the other direction. Okay. I didn't know if maybe you meant it rolls past him. Like basically the sound of constant pins being hit going past him. He turns around at the sound of that and he doesn't close the door, but he starts walking away from it. Hey out there. I hope you've been enjoying on both your houses. Uh, it's been an interesting arc to put the team on the defensive a little bit. Stealth is definitely uh, not their first idea in most cases. I'd like to give a review shout-out this week. Strife J gave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. They said, quote, It's so hard to find quality Mutants and Masterminds streams, and this is for sure one of them. The players are so personable and great. The GM is excellent, especially at keeping track of multiple concurrent stories. And you can tell a lot of love has gone into this project, eagerly awaiting more. Strife J, thank you for your kind words. I hope you're still enjoying the show since you gave this review. And uh, yeah, we, we do put a lot of love into this, and it's a lot of fun to make it, frankly. And now I'm going to play you another snippet of my interview with Emily O'Neill, the lead developer for the new RPG, Harsh Generation. So tell me a little bit about the mechanics of Harsh Generation. I like to describe it as writing prompts the game. Okay. Basically... All of the mechanics are prompts or hurdles to uh, either hinder or inspire a character's narrative. So, for instance, when you start the game, all of your like turns are scenes, and the entire purpose is creating a group story together. So the game itself is more group and like character-oriented than plot-oriented. You probably could weave a plot over it, but it's not... Like, that's not really the point. The point is that you're like developing these characters and having them walk through this world and basically try to survive through day-to-day struggles. Oh. So when you start your narrative, it is you basically state what your goal is. How conveniently I have my cards right here. So you might say, um, okay, there's a come on, information broker who's sitting over here and is kind of looking sketchy and you're like, maybe I can get some information out of them, right? So the uh moderator, who is basically the DM, but not quite the same level of oversight and control as a dm okay the moderator is like okay well what's your goal with that information broker so the storyteller is going to say uh my goal is to persuade them to give me information on the uh the priest that is in charge of this particular town cool then you weave your narrative uh and describe how you achieve that goal so you might say you know i am uh i walk over to this guy and i yeah i say to him hey buddy and I flash my my credentials as a, a a member of the church that he belongs to, and I say to him, "Hey, do you know the guy who uh know the guy who who's the religious leader of this place?" Either the player or the moderator can voice the NPC. It could be either or. I find that for the most part, people tend to ask the moderator to do it just because that's more standard. So you know, like the they'll respond, they'll talk, they'll work through the narrative, and. As soon as the moderator or the player determines that they've reached that goal of persuading this individual, then they'll roll. So at that point, you'll roll and you don't roll to see if you succeed. You always succeed at your goal. So if you walk in and you're like, I'm going to persuade this person, you are going to persuade them. What you roll for is to see if there's a consequence to your actions. Okay. You might persuade this person and successfully get them to tell you where the priest is, but then they might bring you to the priest and verbally backstab you in the process you know and be like oh yeah you persuaded me to bring you to the priest but also i'm doing it and telling them all of the dirty secrets that you just told me haha you know gotcha up yours basically if you're intrigued you can listen to the full interview on our website 
You can also find a link to their Kickstarter at masksandmayhem.com slash support. All right, back to the show. All right, and he's walking away from you. He kind of goes out of view. I am still going to stay very still because I feel like he could be being... Yeah, like, let's hold that illusion for, like, five more seconds and then, like, quietly tiptoe. Can I try and use perception to see, like, if he's walked, like, if I can hear his footsteps walking to the other hallway? Sure. Uh, Roll perception. I probably perceive nothing. How about about I also roll perception? Yeah, everybody roll. Yeah. Oh, I got a pretty high one. Let's see what that goes out to. I rolled a two and I don't have any ranks in perception, so. Oh, oops. I see nothing. Or I hear nothing there. I'm I'm concentrating too hard, guys. 25. Me too. I rolled 16 and my perception is nine. Okay. You hear him, like, uh, walking. And he gets over to the other door and you hear him press the button and that door opens too. And he steps into that hallway. Um, but you do, um, you do hear like a dee-doot from the doorway that you're, that he was, that he had just opened near you, but you're not sure what that sound indicates. Okay, guys, what do you want to do? Um, we should go in there, but I mean, hold on. only way to go is forward. Hey, Game Master, what does the security room look like? Like, is there, yeah. So, again, you only have, like, you saw a brief image on the camera, and you, like, have the map, so when you walk in, there's a big circular desk in the middle, and it's got, like, a bunch of computers and monitors and stuff, and then there's, uh, surrounding it, much like Subfloor 4 in Union Echo Base, there's just a a circular bunch of holding cells. Holding cells? So, I think we should go into the security room and, like, hug the desk, sort of crouch down, and then, if the guard comes back, we could always, like... It's a circle, so hopefully he'll miss us and we can make our way out the other side. I would assume we have to roll stealth for this, right? Well, yeah, we're being stealthy. <laughs> you would definitely have to roll stealth for that. Um, but okay, is that the plan you're going through with? Team? Uh, yeah. Let's do it. Okay, so everyone roll stealth. Ooh. 18 total. Hell yeah, 27. Suck on that. 17. To get from where you are right now to the desk, like if that's where you're trying to run to, right? That in one, if you're doing that in one turn, that would be full speed. And when you go full speed, you get a negative one penalty to your stealth. Oh, for just one? Hell yeah, duh. Oh, for all of us? Right. Okay. Um. Or you go at half speed and you have to like hide somewhere else that's not the desk. How? Um. Oh, there's like nowhere. You know what? I'll do it, and then if I have to hide, I'll. Throw something oh, true, you can know. always. She just makes some foliage. <laughs> She's like, I heard a weird noise, and suddenly there's a ficus. I don't... <laughs> I think the rest of us sort of have to take the penalty, right? Alright, so everyone move your characters to like where you want them to kind of be around that circular desk. Okay, and then how far, if I'm going half speed, how far would I get? Like the doorway, basically, like the edge of the, uh, the, edge of the hallway. Okay, uh, to the doorway, and then I have to roll stealth again. No, 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 no. Uh, for now, you're just going to hold that position. Uh, and so the guy, uh, as as everyone gets through and you get to the doorway, Ruby, the door actually recloses. Oh, wait, no, she's not in okay. the door. <gasps> no. So the guy turns around, uh, the guard, and he gets on, like, he has, like, a little, like, uh, walkie-talkie on his shoulder. And he goes, it goes, hey, is there anyone near security? 
I don't, heard a noise. Not sure what's going on. Is someone messing with me? And you hear another one back. Probably one of the lab coats again. They're always playing pranks. <laughs> I'm just picturing like these like these like evil like not evil but like villainy type people just like playing pranks on each other. I love the like those lab coat people are so great. They 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 do so good for us. So he goes to turn around like out of the hallway back in the security office, and you hear the the doorway do the beat and then like a couple moments later closes as he's turning around, and he starts heading back towards the desk, uh, and gets into the center area. And he sits down at, at the uh, desk and kind of just spins in his chair a little bit and checks the monitors. I'm going to say that we're, we are on hands and knees for the record. <laughs> okay, so what do you do next? As you said he's like spinning around in his chair. Yeah, and like uh, also like Sloan is like very nervous, like he's shaking, he's sweating a little bit. Am I able to, I'm not sure if I would be better or if Myra would be better if I would go like as he's like just like la dee da like slowly spinning in his chair like while he's facing away like i like run up and like just like punch him and like knock him out i mean you can certainly try that because i mean like I, there's really nothing else that we got <laughs> and like we need to still be stealthy so like i'm not trying to have like an all-out fight i'm just trying to do like KO. one hit like okay so you're not trying to be stealthy with this run I mean, maybe you should be yeah i would yeah yeah because like you're waiting until he's not paying attention okay so roll stealth again for me 14 plus... That's a 23. <laughs> okay, so as, um... So, like, yeah, he's just kind of, like, lackadaisical, like, he's got his feet up on the counter, uh, or on the, he's got his feet up on the desk, and he's kind of, like, leaning back in the chair, uh, and the, like, entrance to the circular area he's facing away from. Which is, like, that little doorway here in the corner. Okay. Okay, so that's, like, the entranceway, so, like, you're gonna make your way around to there, and then, like, rush him? Yep. Okay, describe that for me. And then, and then once you describe that role for uh, unarmed attack. Okay. Uh, as Mr. Little Soldier Dude is spinning around in his chair, not really paying much attention, which, you know, concerning. After, like, thinking you hear something and then hearing a noise somewhere else, he's just kind of a little lax in his duties, if you ask me. Uh, he's evil. He couldn't get hired by Union because he's not dead. It's his job. Yeah, true. <laughs> so as he is not really paying attention and spinning around in his chair... As he faces away from us, I'm going to uh, stealthily run up behind him and then hit him as hard as I can and attempt to knock him out. Okay, like with your fist? Yes. Okay, uh, roll an unarmed attack. 17 plus it's kind of a 6, it's 23. Okay, uh, you definitely hit him, and what's your, what's your uh, strength? It is three. As uh, you're coming down, he, like, opens his eyes, and he does see as your fist just comes down. Um, and I assume you're punching him in the face. That was kind of where I was... Uh, and your fist just collides, and he just slumps into the chair. Yay. Ooh, I want to, uh, one, can I search him? Get me. Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, one, I could just go, like, hey, Ruby, you're good to come in now. Can I open the door? Sorry, yeah, there is a panel on the other side. Oh, okay, sorry, I forgot the door closed. All right, so yeah, you hit the panel, you come on in, and then what are you doing, Yardak? I want to, one, search him for anything, and two, get his calm so we can hear what they're doing. Okay. Ooh. Okay, uh, so do a quick uh, investigation check. 16 plus 23. 
Okay. Uh, when you search him, uh, you find other like he's not carrying much. He's got like a wallet. Uh, he's got a security badge, and he's got his gun. I was saying, like, he had the gun, that rifle he was holding that was, like, on a sling, and then he had, like, a sidearm. Uh, I want to give the gun to, uh, Sloan. Sloan, like, does show that, like, he has a sidearm, but, like, he... Oh, okay. Like, uh, what's... Who is he? He has an ID. Uh, yeah, his name is Todd Billings. So nobody that we would, like, know offhand. No, no, I mean, he's okay. just a guy. Just evil henchman, dude. I mean, Ruby wouldn't know how to use his gun, right? Not presumably, I don't think you, I think we've established, like, you don't really have any training with guns, like, in the same way that anyone could grab a gun and just, like, pull the trigger, but, like, you would not have, like, you know any... I'm gonna take the gun, because I could threaten someone with it. Okay, uh, are you gonna take the handgun, or are you gonna take the, uh, rifle? I'm gonna take the rifle. Go big or go home. <laughs> Alright, Texas. <laughs> Look, I live in Texas, and so, and Ruby used to. So, you took the rifle. Is there, like, a strap I'm assuming on it or something? Yeah, yeah, like a sling that was around him. Um, so yeah, so yeah, you got his wallet. Can I make a perception check to see if there's, like, any other weapons lying around? Sure. Apparently I only roll 18 now. I mean... I am not complaining. (laughs) It's, like, it's good. What is my... 18. I I don't have any. Yeah, when you search around the room, you do find, like, a small cache of weapons, but it's locked up. Oh, like like it's in a, it's in a case, but like it has a glass partition so you can see into it, but it's got like a lock on it. And this is the security office. Is there anything else we can see while we're in here? Uh, there is monitors which have like you know show you different security footage that was like those. It it's the similar. It's the same cameras that you were accessing when you're in the computer room, but like they're mm-hmm. obviously like the current current settings. Yeah. Also, uh, can you generate some ropes so we can tie him up so then he can't go get help when he wakes up? Smart. And gag him. I make some rope. So, wait, are you tying him, like, to the chair, or are you tying him somewhere else? Not on the chair, because he can scooch around. So just tie him, like, all over, <laughs> and just, like, sit him in the corner. He gets, I feel like he could still scoot. I mean, yeah, so, like, when you say in the corner, you're in a circular room, first off. <laughs> you know! So, like, where are you placing him, specifically? Um, like, are you ta- placing him underneath the desk, or are you placing him, what, in a holding cell? Can I, oh, can I just put, can we tie him up and put him in a, in a holding cell? Uh, you'd have to pick him up, but yes. Okay, let's put him in a holding cell. Can I close the door after me? Like... Yeah. Yeah, we'll put him in the jail cell. Perfect. Alright, uh, so they do have a little panel, like, for, like, a scan card. I, okay, I'm gonna go, uh, Yarda, give me his badge. Okay, and I hand, uh, Ruby the badge. And I open one of the holding cells, and I was like, we're gonna put him in here. Okay, uh, you're gonna try and carry him, or... I mean, we can all do it. Like it's that way; it's easier. We can all kind of heft him. Wait, in is there. he still in the rolling chair? Yes. Just scoot him. Oh yeah, scooch him. Yeah, well, let's tie him to the chair so he doesn't fall off while we're scooting him. Okay. Uh, so you tie him up. You scoot him into the into the holding cell. I assume I can't make food, right? Correct. I assume there was no food around. Correct. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> uh and then you slide you slide the card again to close the door and yep. it, the way that it's set up you really like can just barely see him in the holding cell like you have to really look close at the window to see that he's in it perfect oh duh investigation check to look into all the other cells all right you can roll one real quick okay 11 plus 7 18 they are all empty okay i have a really i have a really stupid idea okay can I make, like, a scarecrow that's wearing the same clothes as him and make it look like it's sleep on the thing? 
in case anyone looked this up today. You know what? I'm going to say you have the ability to do that. Um, but also, like, right as you're starting to do that, the com- his comm comes alive. But we, which we're holding. Hey, Todd, uh, coming, uh, coming your way. Going to re- relieve your shift. Uh-oh. Let's go, guys. <laughs> I'm just going to Well, no, we, we have to Let's deal go. with him because then he's going to see that he's in the case. Uh, remember, there was that alarm going off earlier. Oh, right. Did that ever stop? We just sort of ran out. Uh, it stopped once you left that room. And then you hear the comms again. Hey, Todd, uh, can you get over here real quick? Uh, I'll say there's something going on in the server room. I don't know. There's like a bunch of debris here. We're going to get a cleanup crew, but I want to I'll say, since I'm switching shifts to the anyway, just come over here. Okay, I think we should go, guys. We out. Yeah, I guess we're, we're going we're just gonna skedaddle. I was just gonna quietly go by Todd. As you're skedaddling, you just hear the calm again. I guess are you still taking the calm with you, right? Yeah. Actually, can Ruby disguise her voice? I mean, not like professionally. Like she can try as anybody can <laughs> to uh, pretend no. to be someone else. <laughs> I was uh, just it gonna say, to be, like, who has the best deception? They would be the best at like, right? I'm gonna let you know there will be a penalty for that. <laughs> I figured. But also, I feel like there'd be if Yard Act did it, it would be like more believable than if like Ruby did it. I mean, because I'm a man. Yes. <laughs> but like, I have a nine in deception. Okay. How many? I feel like I actually have a lot in deception. I'm just trying to remember. Um, I have a, oh, I have a ten, so it's not that much higher than yours. Okay, so what are we trying to do? Because he's like asking for Todd. I wanted to say like, yeah. yeah, I'll be right there, as opposed to like him like, okay, he's not responding. I need to go check. Roll deception. Okay. Oh, that's not a good sound. Would you like to use a hero point? That's a, yeah, that sounds like a hero. Please use hero point sound. That was a six on the dice. <laughs> and what was what does that make your total? Fifteen. Okay, yeah. You passed. Oh, oh bitch. Nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so what do you say? Gonna try to make my voice all gruff. Well, I don't really know what Todd's voice is like, but I'm going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can imitate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh he's he calms me, I guess. And then I use the comm, and I go, yeah, no problem. I'll be right there. Oh, you should say over or something. They haven't said over. Oh, have they? I don't know. It just feels like, it feels like walkie-talkie etiquette. And then I chime back in. Over. You hear some worrying. He's like, yeah, this, uh, man, this door is all messed up. I do not know what happened. <laughs> Guys, let's go. This is true. Like, let's yeah. go. Yeah, Todd, maybe if you come from the other side, we can lift, get it lifted up. We'll get the engineers in here. So he can't get through. Okay, that's good. I can't. Let go. So you're skedaddling out of the room into the next hallway, which you open up. It's very similar to the other one. It's well lit. Uh, you go down the hall. When you come down and you open the door, you don't hear anybody initially, at least not like super loudly. You can make a perception check if you want to hear like more closely. But which way are you thinking about going? Sorry, which area is the laboratory again? Which way is where we're trying to go? If you went to the right, you'd go to seven and then the next thing would be the labs. I would say we should go towards seven, because that seems easier. Yes, but I also want to roll perception first. It is worth mentioning, just in case you hadn't looked at the map, seven is the barracks. Uh-huh. Oh, never mind. We shouldn't go through the bedrooms. Twelve and thirteen are the guest rooms and the library, which would lead you back to eleven, which is the docks. Where we came from originally. Wh- where do you guys think we should go? Well, uh, first, as he was saying, is I want to roll a perception roll to see. Okay. Before we're just turning a corner and there's like four people looking at us. Ooh, nice. I imagine it like Han Solo style, like you come around and there's just like a whole group. 
Like you're you're screaming and running like you're gonna shoot them, and then you realize, oh, there's a battalion. I got this pretty number. Oops. I can't see what that is. Nat twenty. All right, Yardak, with your superior Atlantean hearing, echo locate like echo the dolphin. <laughs> you don't notice any particular sounds coming from either direction. You definitely hear some sounds coming from back behind you, where you came from, like you know, from through the like the server room and stuff like that. That was such a wasted 20. But I'm just saying, like, as far as you can tell, there is no people in either direction right now. Once we're, like, in the hallway, I'm going to close the door behind us. Just, you know, in case he comes in, isn't going to get a good look at us. Okay. Okay. It would be, barracks is a little scary sounding, but it's also the way quickest way to get there. All of a sudden, over the comms, you hear, can I have a couple people report to the server room, potential incident occurring? Okay, we have to choose now. Yeah, hold on. We're deciding between going towards... You could either go to the one above... If you come out that hallway and go to the right, you'll head towards the barracks. If you go to the left, you're going to see guest rooms and a library. And they just called for a couple people to come to the server room, which is where where you started this episode. And we're trying to... Uh, ultimately, we're trying to get to room number eight, which is blacked out right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the, it's the closest way to... The fastest way to get there would be through the barracks. Yeah, so why are we even confused? That's where we're going. Probably either asleep, out and about, or, like, heading towards all the commotion that we just caused in the computer room. Yeah. So you make your way to the barracks, uh, towards that door, and it is a, it is not a uh, keycard door, it's just a panel, like, to press the button. Okay. When you open the door, there's not really, you don't, like, you open the door, it's a pretty open space, and you don't see anyone there. And there's, like, some beds and stuff. Uh, everything's, like, very nice and neatly pressed and all together, um, but it, it appears to be otherwise, uh, abandoned. Oh, okay. And all of a sudden, like, as you're walking into there, uh, you hear the comms again. Security alert, security alert, keep on the lookout. Todd, I need you to get onto the other side of this door and try and open it up. I need, I need everyone available to report to the server room. Todd was a key player. <laughs> You're the most important, Todd. <laughs> he had one job. Fucking Todd. So, yeah, you make your way into there, and it's otherwise empty. I would like to make a perception check to see if, like, I could see anyone, like, writing a letter or something that could give us a clue to what they're doing here. You mean, like, any, like, note notes or something left about? Yeah, like, notes or something like that. So just, yeah, roll perception for me, and if anybody else wants to. <laughs> Never mind. Apparently I got something in my eye. I rolled a three. You were really worn out by that earlier illusion. Yeah, probably. 22. 13 plus 9 is 21 for me. Okay, one oh, second. No, no, that's 22. That's what I got. 13 and then I got a 9. Did I say 13? 12. I rolled 12. Oh, okay, then yeah. Okay, yeah, you got a 21, I got a 22. So yeah, you don't see any like notes or anything lying around or anything like that. Uh, but from above you, uh, you do hear like some like sounds like whirring sounds and soldering uh like a lot of machinery uh and ruby on your map you do notice that it is the machine shop above you like a way to work like an engineering workshop which is connected which is also connected to the hangar interesting uh but there's otherwise nothing in this room particularly special how are there like no personal artifacts around where they're sleeping um i don't know it's like military-esque I've seen actual military barracks. There's usually like a. Le- There's usually the pictures lying around, dude. Well, it's evil. It's evil. Evil. Okay. But I want to say to the group, like, since there's nobody in here, we should just like 
run across here, try to get out of here as quick as possible before anybody comes back. So what, you're making your way into the next hallway? Yeah, before, like, anything else can happen. Like, let's just get through this. Okay, uh, so you get into the next hallway. It is still silent. You do hear what sounds like a chemical vat in the next room. Like, like you hear, like, bubbling sounds and clinking and whirring. And the uh, the alarm that you heard earlier, though, suddenly starts going everywhere. It's not quite as loud, but it's burp, burp, burp. Let's move fast. Yeah, like, as long as there's, hey, isn't the next room where we're going? <gasps> yeah, the next room's where we need to go. Yeah, the next room is the lab. You have to use the key card from uh, Todd to get in. I'm going to use the key card. And also, I'd like to make a perception check to see if I can hear anything. Okay. Ten. You you people were... Ooh, I got a two. Perception. I don't know. Your perception is not going well today, Ruby? Twenty. No. Oh, there we go. We got Myra to help us. You hear one person, uh, and you hear one person, like, frantically running around, but you don't hear anybody else. You can't tell what kind of person that is. No, but you can't see them. We can't tell if they're, like, does it sound like a concerned run or or a terrified... No, it just, well, it does, I would say closer to terrified. They're just very, like, back and forth, like, trying to keep, like, uh, I imagine someone who is doing a lot on their own at once right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, do they, are they running with a purpose? Like, Yes, but you cannot see them, and you don't know anything else about them. So what do you do next? So, like, if, if we use the key card and the door opens, then obviously this person will, like, be right there. It makes a noise when we use the key card, right? I mean, it makes a little noise. I wouldn't say it's super... Keep in mind, there is a bunch of noise going on in this room, but it's not like... I think we're fine. You'd be opening a door, and like, if there's someone on the other side, there is the potential that they could uh, hear or see you, but you don't... Say we should like open it up, but like, be stealthy about it. Like, okay. Try to like peek in and see like door. what's going on in there, and then like go from there. This door doesn't really have that option, because like, you print it, it like, slides open. It's not like... There's, there's like eight little squares in it. Yeah, yeah, those are all, like, those are just, like, tiles on the ground. So how big would you say that room is? Normally, tiles are 5 by 5. Yeah, so it's, like, I don't know, 20 by 10, something like that. Because I was thinking, if it's possible to still be stealthy, like, when we open that door, if we could hide behind the space that isn't visible to the hallway. Theoretically, you could try to do that, yes, so. Do I have to roll for something? Stealth? You're gonna have to open the door first. So if you're, if you're, honestly, you basically have to decide if that's what you're doing first. Okay. Who has Todd's card? Was that Ruby? Yeah. Hey, Ruby. Yeah. Use Todd's key card to open the door. And once we get it open, I guess once we open it, should we just try and try and be stealthy? Yeah. Let Let's try to find a place to hide as soon as you open the door. Okay. So I open the door. Okay, uh, so you find yourself in the lab. Ahead of you is just a bunch of, like, tables with, like, vials and machinery running, and you see one, like, lone scientist who doesn't really notice, uh, and they are just running between all of the different vials, uh, and, like, almost haphazardly, like, very much early Alvarado, Dr. Alvarado, uh, just haphazardly doing a whole bunch of stuff. Yep. That's how you drop blood on unknown substances. (laughs) This week's Intel Drop is brought to you by Pope Brandon Brownson. Riverside City has played a major part in the rise of post-humans and the supernatural elements of the world. 
Riverside City has played a major part in the rise of post-humans and the supernatural elements of the world. Founded in 1635 by a group of missionaries in what was then the Colony of Connecticut, it eventually grew into a thriving metropolis. The city is founded on a hub of mystical energy, drawing such groups as the Matera family and the Allward Society, as well as Union, to keep tabs on the area. The city is always bustling with energy from its commerce and art scenes. Despite the numerous battles that have taken place within the city limits or just outside, the residents hold themselves with a distinction for the many heroes that have hailed or passed through the city. Mayor Katie Hilliard has gone on record to say that the city is strong because of its ability to bounce back from such events. All this to say, the city doesn't hide from its reputation. This Intel Drop was brought to you by Pope Brandon Brownson. Looking for someone on YouTube to make you laugh, plus someone who creates original music and cool remixes? Well, the Pope of the Internet has you covered. You can find a link to their channel at masksandmayhem.com support. Now, let's get back to the game. So the scientist is running around. In this long stretch here, there's just a bunch of different machinery and stuff. And then there is a large glass, like, wall-sized glass window into a darkened room. And we can't see into it? You cannot. It is, like, complete, like very pitch-black dark. What I had in mind is that we would hide, like, here. So that the scientist wouldn't see us. So when you open the door, there is, like, a little cove you could hide, you could try to hide in. So I guess that's, yeah, I'll try to move. Okay, everyone roll a stealth check then. Ew, 14. 19 overall. 22. This guy is otherwise like running around panickedly, but the room itself is very clean. Uh, and they, as far as they, you can tell, they don't notice you. And they stop running for just a moment and they're catching their breath and they're like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. And you get, they get on their comms. Hey, guys, is everything okay? Uh, I don't know, This you got, you got me real spooked, all these security calls. And that does start playing through the comms that you were carrying. God damn it! Uh, so, roll another stealth check. I'm, who's holding the comm? I'm gonna have them roll the stealth check. Uh, I think of me. I used it last. Okay, Yardak, roll a stealth check. Not nat 20. Okay, so you like just covered over, like you covered over it with your hand in time, and muffled it, and they didn't notice. And you hear uh, whoever it was before respond back. Keep your eyes out. I think we got some kind of break in going on. There's some, I don't know. We we can't get through the the server room. We're trying to go around to get to get to Todd, but he's not answering. It's do it. They're coming this way. What are they said? They were going through the server room. Like they went the way that we didn't go because we went to the barracks. Yeah, like. Yeah, they'd go through the library and... Okay, cool, cool, cool. And all of a sudden you hear them go, and all of a sudden you hear the comms go, you should seal, You should maybe seal yourself in. We don't want anyone getting access to the stuff. <laughs> Little do they know. <laughs> and they do, the person does like flick a switch under their desk, and the door that you just came through, as well as the door on the other side, both slam with their own blast doors. Oh yeah. So the other door is like... Uh, this one, right? Right, right. They're both, like, sliding doors, but they have, like, a space in between it where the blast door comes down as, like, a reinforcement. So they were basically trying to seal- they were trying to seal you out, <laughs> but they don't realize that they just- But they sealed us in. <laughs> yep. Uh, but you did see the switch that they flicked to turn it on and off. Probably good for later. And they go, okay, give me an update when you have one. That's what the scientist says. It would, um, does the scientist, uh, did you say what the scientist's gender was? The man. 
Okay. And he's, like, a little disheveled, like, kind of a patchy beard, and he looks real, like, tired. Picturing Charlie Day in Pacific Rim. Yes, yes. Yes, that's a good example. That's 100% what he just described, you're correct. Uh, yeah, so he just flicked the switch and sealed you in, asked, told the security team to give him an update when they have one. Okay. Okay. Now, um, can we see, now that we're in here and, like, that's over, can we kind of get a better overlook at what they're doing? From your perspective, not more so than you had already been seeing. Like, you could just see that he's got, like, vials and machinery, what looks to be, like, a centrifuge, and Sloan leans in and says, I'm gonna need to get a look at those vials. I think that's, that's, if anything, that's what we came for. Do we need to lock this person out, too? And Sloane looks at you, Myra, what what should we do? Oh yeah, the whole time I was thinking, can, can Ruby, like, put him in a box? Or not? I mean, yeah, the question is, like, uh, what you're gonna do to this guy, uh, to is either again. Is he currently holding the vials? No, he is not at this ex- exact moment after he flicked the switch while this tiny conversation is going down. He's just... Like, I'm guessing there's lots of vials. Do we know which one? I mean, there's a se- there's a small, like, set of vials in front of where he's standing. Okay. Like, he's kind of leaned against the table with them. Okay, I don't- I think we maybe should knock him out, because if I lock him in a box with his- with his comms- Oh, he could tell on us, yeah. Call people. Tell on you, yes, because you're in elementary school. <laughs> Can Yardak, like, throw water at it and break it that way? He wants you to waterlock the comm. Would that work? I feel like these people might have good enough technology that the comms might be waterproof. They are admittedly on an island. Right, that's something they would have thought of. Um, you would hope. I mean, I, no, I do not hope. They're evil. Hold on, Game Master, remind me again exactly how this scientist is positioned. Uh, He is like, power stance. Power stance. <laughs> and he's got his hands on the desk and he just looks very, again, worn down, tired, and nervous. But he's not holding anything important. He's not holding anything at the moment. But he's right next to all the vials. And where's the comm? The comm is, like, attached to his shoulder, like, with the other guys. His hands are on the table. Um, I know Ruby can make boxes. Can she make solid boxes to basically crush that comm? It's on his shoulder. That might kill him. I'm, I'm thinking of if there's a way we could restrain him. He could have useful information, Yardhek. Mm-hmm. Okay, I suppose. Especially if he's the scientist, they might want to keep him alive for interrogation. Could Ruby maybe generate, like, you know, like, handcuffs that are on the table? Like, since his hands are on the table, like, could you just, like... I don't think I can make handcuffs around him. No, I'm... Well, I'm not talking about actual handcuffs. I mean, could you generate something that is like handcuffs on the table? Oh, like, the, um, like how I try to make cement shoes? Like, I'm not saying literal handcuffs, but something that would keep his hands where they are, and he can't move. Yeah, so, like, cement, like, instead of cement shoes, cement gloves? You know, you can certainly try that. I feel like, is that what the, like, I feel like that's not the stealthiest move? Well, see, well, yeah, we don't need to be stealthy now, and yeah, we're just preventing him from telling on us. Okay, you know what, let's go for it, let's try. This might be a bad idea, guys. Mm-hmm. I rolled a 15, and my create four. That's my four. Okay, so, like, you're leaned around the corner right now. What What's the motion you make for this? I, like, make, like, a crushing motion with my hands, because it's kind of, like, the idea of the hands being trapped. Okay. 
and the cinder blocks, I assume they're blocks, yes. form around his hands, and, like, he's suddenly like, what the hell? And, like, he, like, tries, he, like, lifts them up a little bit, but they're really heavy, just because, like, the way they're positioned. Perfect. He starts trying to, like, lean his chin into the comm. Sorry, you can't press the buttons that way. Well, he's trying to. And failing. So what do you do next? Uh, maybe, Myra, can you go, like, run, run, and just go and grab one? Right, I was thinking of doing that. Would I only be able to grab one? All the vials? How many vials are there? Can I just do it in one move, or...? Sure. Is that Again, is that what you're trying to do? You're just trying to grab the vials? Okay. Hold on. Are they, like, in... I'm imagining, like, test tubes. Like, do they have lids and stuff? They have lids. They're in, like, a little tiny container. Uh, like a little, like a little wire container. Actually, maybe you should run over there first and just take the comma away. <laughs> just so we can't, like, try to get it with his chin. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Okay, so I do that. Okay. You're able to run over and yank it off of him, and he sees you, like, when you stop and long enough to grab it. Too late. And he's like, what the hell? Fuck. So you just grab the comm from him, he's freaking out a little bit. What are the rest of you doing? Or what are you even doing, Myra? Um, I tell him, you're gonna be so in trouble. And he just, like, leans his head down, and he goes, I think you're right. And that, Or we could say, like, you can also just come with us. Oh. Offer him, like, some kind of protection if he cooperates. That's true, because he could he could be helpful if we don't hurt him. And he's the scientist, so he knows the information. And also, if even if he's not actually protected, we don't, we can't guarantee that. So, we're not lying. I'm gonna add that on, because um, I said he was gonna be in trouble, and you said he hung his head down and said you're probably right. So then I say, or you could come with us. And he gets, like, really mad, and he spits at your feet. Oh, well, that's not happening then. He goes, I don't need Union's help. Okay, dick. Oh, okay, so he's got bad blood with Oh, well then, you're gonna come with us against your will then. This could have been a nice trip. And he uh, tries, like, lifting up the cinder blocks again. I'm just gonna laugh, because that's embarrassing. You're embarrassing yourself. Make them bigger. <laughs> what are you guys doing now? Do you, do you have, does she have the vials yet? No, because I, I, I just, like, I took the comm and then told him he was gonna be in trouble. You should get the vials. Like, what are you, but what, are you guys still, like, in that corner hiding? Like, yeah, I guess we could come out. He can't do much, right? Okay, so I'm gonna come up, and I guess I'll just take the vials and be like, thank you very much. And Sloane walks from around the corner, and as he's doing it, he's pulling out his scan device. So what are the rest of you doing? I'm, I'm going to ask the guy, there's no one else in here, right? No, as far as, I mean, as far as we know. Okay, so can I, like, do I know there's another room? Uh, you can see the, like, yeah, I mean, you can see that there's the window leading into the next room. Okay, I would like to go investigate what's going on in there. Like, what's there? There's a door that leads into it. Can I open it? There's a panel with uh, the keycard thing. I still have Todd's keycard, so... As you're walking over to it, he goes, no, don't go in there! Oh, what the hell are you doing here? Did you, ar- did you already, like, swipe the keycard, though? No, I was about to, and I'm just gonna go, oh, god, what evil scientist bullshit am I, are we having to put up with now? Roll a perception check. And I was going to say, I've seen this movie. It never goes well for the scientist. Your creation always kills you. Uh, 12. Actually, everyone roll perception for me. Nine plus eight. 17. My perception is nine. As you like stopped and asked him that, Sloane's been scanning the vials. 
oh my god. And he rushes over to the computer and starts typing in, and his face has gone, like, pale, and, like, the smile that he, like, I know he looks nervous a lot, but, like, the smile that he almost always has is, like, twisted into a look of horror and revulsion. What's going on, Sloan? This, this can't be right. This is so, this is so unright, even. Guys, we need to get out of here and, like, maybe call for an airstrike. Oh, shit. I, what are they doing here? seeing is believing and he presses like a button and the lights turn on in the other room like and it is well full of the moaning shambling undead okay so oh okay they're doing necromancy the sound you heard when you all did when you all did your perception check above all of the whirring and sounds and noises of the various facility parts you just heard a uh, uh. I'm going to turn to the scientist deadpan and go, what the actual fuck? What are you trying to make? Light of the living dead? What the hell? I don't realize why they never realize it always ends in an apocalypse. Okay, so what do you guys do next? I think we should do what Sloan said and run. Yeah. Look, yeah, this isn't going to end up like Shaun of the Dead. We're not going to be able to chain one up for them to play video games. But also, wait, do we need these vials? Or... Yeah. Sloan, should we take the vials with us? And Sloan's kind of panicking right now. He's like, I don't know how, like, we can't destroy them. And, like, just, just yeah, grab grab, grab him. Bring him. Bring him with us. He, uh, he opens his briefcase, and he has, like, a little, tiny little, like, uh, container that has foam in it to, like, keep something stable. I can try and keep him in this. Okay. And he's, like, shaking, and he, like, loads each of the one onto it. I'm gonna just turn on the scientist again, because go, zombies? Really? Yes, zombies. And I hope you enjoy being one of them. <gasps> he slides the cinder blocks off the table and smashes them on the ground and frees himself. Who is he looking at? Is he looking at me? He's looking at you, because you're closest to the door there. Okay. I would like to use my hero point to do a reaction. Okay. And try to blind him. All right. Alright, what is your what is your rank? So oh yeah, it's illusion. So three. Okay. And he's looking right at you when this happened, and he grabs his eyes from the razzle I'm wait, I'm assuming you're using Razzle Dazzle? Yeah. Uh he grabs his eyes from the Razzle Dazzle and just goes, ah, and he swipes over like to the desk and uh hits a button, but then he falls onto the ground like he's like crying, like, ah Did he hit a button to make zombies? You hear the door that you were about to go through click and hiss. Do I have enough re- reaction to back with the fuck away from that door? Uh, yeah, I think you could you could walk away from the door uh, as it's okay, like opening. Okay, I go. Wee! How far can I go? <laughs> How far? <laughs> yeah, thirty feet. So like, I don't know, to the other door or wherever. Well, and you hear the get louder because the door is now open to that room. Hit it again! Hit it again! I run behind him, so maybe they'll get him first. Like he just hit that button. Can like I smack it again and try to close that door? Yeah, so the door has just finished opening, and you hear the shambling coming towards you. Uh, roll agility. Ten plus... Did he do that on purpose, or was he just blind? I'm not gonna answer that. But I feel like he's an asshole. He did it on purpose. I got a 15. I'm just gonna go, what the hell, dude? Alright, uh, you press the button, and it, like, just opened. Like, it just finished opening, and it just starts slowly... Oh my god, hurry up. <laughs> Right as it's getting close to closing, you do see, like, one of the hands start to reach through it. It's, like, putting its hand out, trying to, like, get through. Like, there's a torso, basically, like, reaching through the, through the, 
the doorway. Just chop the arm off? Well, I mean, like, the whole, like, it's got, like, the torso through, and it's got one hand on the door and one hand reaching out towards you. I want to try to blast it back with water. Okay. Uh, roll me a uh, water, water whip attack. 10, 16? Yeah, because it's just my roll plus my... If that's not good enough, can I team up with your deck and put lightning in that water? Well, my total was 16, uh, but I also think that potentially could be a bad idea if we kind of explode the zombie and have zombie bits going everywhere. I don't know if that would happen, but it's frightening. <laughs> I don't think it would explode. Like, I think it would just electrocute it. Things don't explode when they get electrocuted. Okay, well then, sure. So you actually, you did hit it. What's your damage on that? Plus one per rank, so six. So yeah, you actually, you do knock it back and it falls onto the ground, but it's, it's like ankle is caught in the doorway. <laughs> But it is down on the ground, and it's like slowly, like very slowly sh- shambling to get back up. Hey, wait, Ruby, you could bowl something to push that foot back, <laughs> maybe. Well, no, she doesn't actually, it's just like the noise, it's not like... No, I know, but Ruby also actually bowls, so she could generate, she could generate a bowling ball and then bowl it, if she's good at bowling. I made a joke about her being good at bowling, I didn't actually put that down as a skill. <laughs> Also, if you want to put boxes around this zombie, make it a solid-ass box so it just dies again. Yeah, make a solid concrete box so it can dissolve eventually. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I crush. I crush. (laughs) Okay, I rolled a 17. And my create is 4, I think? Yeah. 21. The shimmering formation of this, it does land on the foot and crushes it. It just forms in front of the doorway, creating a large solid mass. You can still hear the faint moaning behind the door, but for the most part, uh, it is, you know, hard to hear over the machinery anymore. I have another question. Is the light still on for the window? Correct. I would like to take some pictures in case of this shit, in case people at Union need some goddamn proof. Okay. What do you do next? I take a couple pictures and some video on my phone, and I was like, I'll give it to Union. I'll give it to Union when we get there and when we get back on the plane, and I'll delete it after that. So the scientist has gotten, like, onto his knees and stuff, and he's crawling over, and he's, like, rubbing at his eyes. Oh, no. He reaches up and flicks the switch that he originally had switched, uh, and the blast doors to the room reopen. So we're not filled in anymore. We should knock him out. As he does that, he's just, like, rubbing his eyes. He goes, he goes, filthy Union scum. Damn straight. Yeah, let's beat the shit out of him. Can I kick him? Like, All right, so who's doing what? Team Brawl. Can I just kick him really hard? Like, I don't know that it will do anything. I'm just annoyed with him. No, you could just put more cinder blocks on his hands, like, just to annoy him. I think it's more of a reaction of Ruby's annoyed, not like Ruby's thinking logically. Okay, so Ruby's attacking him? Yeah. Ruby just kicks him really hard, like, in the stomach, I guess, if that's where I'm... Okay, make an unarmed attack for me. Okay, I rolled an 18. Okay. You definitely hit. Plus seven. What's your what's your damage? Two. I also want to point out that Ruby wears, like, boots all the time. Okay. Yeah, you kick him. Are these, like, steel-toed boots? I was thinking, like, combat boots, so maybe. Okay. Uh, well, you kick him straight in the side, and he, like, doubles over and goes, <clears throat> and he just, like, lets the wind out and, like, is unconscious. Hey! Someone looks at you and he says, are, are we getting out of here, boss? Oh, I was going to ask you if we had everything we needed. He secures the vials in his briefcase. He checks his scan logs and, and lo- loads them away. 
Yeah, I think I've got everything I need. Still got that USB disc? (laughs) And he holds it up. He's like, got it here. Okay, good. Then, yeah, let's get out of here. But as you say that, much like in the initial server room, suddenly the main lights go out and the emergency red lights come on and the klaxon alarm comes on. And you hear something over the comms. Daryl, Daryl, we're coming your way. We we think they might have breached near your area. Does the scientist have a badge on him? Yes. (laughs) It doesn't say Daryl. It is Daryl. Daryl Briggs is his name. One, let's take it because maybe he has better clearance if we need it. Uh, And two, if we can leave the room and like go out like we're going back towards the main entrance the way we came. And then have Myra zip back in there and hit the button for the blast wars and then zip back out. That way they're like fucked out. So that Daryl is locked in. And also like you're thinking, I'm getting the feeling you're trying to slow them down, like thinking that there's, they have to get back into the, okay, okay. They just have to wait until Daryl's conscious. You knocked the conscious out. Can we really quickly, let's like wrap him up in some rope and. Yeah, yeah. I make some rope again. Okay, so yeah, Daryl's all wrapped up. And specifically, I, I also tie up his hands to make sure, like, he can't, like, when he wakes up, just, like, get Put some rocks around his hands. <laughs> just because it's funny. You know what? Around his feet this time. Uh, you're not going to have to roll for it, but describe it to me real quick. Describe this whole sequence of what you're doing to Daryl. Okay, so I make some rope, and then I uh, I tie him up so that he won't be able to move, and I make some more rope, and I tie it around his hands, and then... I look at him, and he goes, like, just for extra measure, and I make cinder blocks appear around his feet, and I, like, make a crushing motion with my hands again. Okay, and who's leading the way out, then? Well, I just tell the team to get out, so that so that I could be, like, the last person. I think Sloan should go first, and then Yardak and I follow. Alright, so Sloan cautiously makes his way out the door, and the two of you follow. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Yep, please, get out alone out of there. All right, so they get, everyone gets through the door except for you, Myra. And so as everyone's gotten out, he's like shaking his head and like slowly starting to wake up. Right, so I look at him, I slam the button under the desk, and then before he could blink awake, I'm out. All right, and then the blast doors close behind you. And the last thing you see is Daryl looking very pissed off. Chapter 18 on both your houses, part three. Masks and Mayhem uses Mutants and Masterminds 3rd edition by Green Ronin Publishing. We are not affiliated. The show is written, produced, and hacked into the system by myself, R.C. Byler. You can follow us for free, forever, on all major podcast platforms. If you like what we do, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find us, and maybe we'll even read your review in a later episode. This week's episode was brought to you by Harsh Generation, as well as Pope Brandon Brownson. Follow us on Facebook at MayhemCast to see new art and behind-the-scenes photos, and keep up to date on everything we do. If you leave us some feedback using the MayhemCast hashtag, you might even show up as an NPC in a future arc. Our official art is by Jen Evans, and our branding is by AJ Solomon. Our theme music is by Cloud Road Music. Additional music credits, social media links, blog posts, and episodes can be found on our website at masksandmayhem.com.